definitely is teaching them like how we value money and why. It's like we don't like money just because we want to be greedy or like it's not a bad thing. It's just fuel for like what's possible in your life. Like they're starting to connect to these concepts and these ideas. But you have to be intentional about That's talking right. about it. You like you got to seed it, right? That's like right. you just got to keep seeding like it in different ways um, and just making it accessible, these concepts accessible to them. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Hey, welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliff's friend and partner of Community America. I am smiling and happy. We've got two new voices, and uh, and we, I can't wait to intro you to them. So let's do it. Kathleen, tell us who you are. Hello, my name is Kathleen Tesshouse, and I am an HR specialist here at Community America. Um, I started off as an intern back in 2021 in the Innovation Lab. And then I moved my way on to a business associate in our rotation program. And then I found my home here in HR. So just got the role, loving it so far, and glad to be here. We're glad to have you, and congrats on the new gig. What what does HR specialist mean generally? Yeah, so a lot of different things. Um, mostly I help with onboarding our new hires. I also do some help with offboarding. Um, I help with employee events and do some social media for our recruiting strategies. Love it, love it. Um, fairly recent college grad. Where did you go to school? Yes, so I went to the University of Kansas. I graduated in 2022. And I studied strategic communications, and I minored in business. Awesome. And that will be important in our conversation as we go. So I appreciate the intro, and welcome to the show, Kathleen. Uh, Prentice, tell us about you, my friend. Yeah, hi. Prentice Earl, Lead Innovation Specialist here at Community America Credit Union, uh, specializing in financial education. Mm. Um, We are providing financial education to high schoolers all over Mm. Kansas City and soon to be St. Louis. Uh, and we are also looking and innovating, trying to find ways mm-hmm. to provide financial education to everyone in both markets. So um, that may look like an app, a website, a combination of the mm-hmm. two. Um, but we really like to approach financial education from the standpoint of making it consumable mm-hmm. and entertaining and and not from a perspective of just checking a box. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um I know each day is different, but a lead innovation specialist, what what does that do? <laughs> what, what's a typical day for you? Yes. So my primary job is to deliver financial education mm. to young adults all over the city. Um, there's a lot of preparation and work that goes into that. Uh, another part of my job is to you know advance um, the culture of innovation inside mm. of our credit union. So um, what what does that look like? Today, it looks like um, doing a lot of research on chat GPT and AI mm. tools and how will that impact our credit union uh, from an opportunity standpoint, but also from a security standpoint. Um, and then outlining, you know, just just really trying to help our credit union be ahead of the curve, mm. so to speak. Um, and so that's that's my primary role. Yeah. 
That's a lot, man. It is. <laughs> it keeps you busy. <laughs> well, we're we're excited to have you two because you each have a very unique and helpful perspective as we jump into into today's topic, which is how to speak to children and young adults about money. And while it all isn't always easy to talk about, especially with kids, it doesn't make it any less important. We talk to them about lots of other things. They learn lots of topics in school, and it is critical to discuss financial literacy in order to set them up for success later in life. So whether, again, kind of to orient all of our minds around whether we're speaking with a child or a young adult, there's something in this conversation that that we will learn and help educate our members on. So let's get after it. What do you guys think? Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, I think at, a, at its basic level, how do you start to frame up the beginning point? Like, how do you even get started in this conversation with children and young adults about money? Um, walk us into, like, the very beginning of how do you get started? Yeah, so... As a parent of a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old and a 21-year-old and making all of the financial mistakes um, that young adults make Mm. personally, um, I tend to use my own experiences and my insights Mm. um, to talk to my kids about money. And so with our seven and nine-year-old, we we bring up money a lot because it impacts our lives every day and it impacts their lives every day. Mm. And we try to find simple ways uh, to introduce these ideas and concepts of, you know, what's a need versus a want and why that's important. They're all the same, right? (laughs) (laughs) To a kid? To a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, absolutely, (laughs) until their money is on the line. That's right. Right? And so in in small ways, I think it's really important uh, or one effective way for us to talk to our kids about money is whenever they want something, just making it real. Like, okay, I think it's great that you want that hoverboard. That's $159. You have $800 in your account from all the work you've done and gifts and all of that. Is it that important to you that you have to buy that today? And a lot of times they don't want to spend their money. You know, it just depends on on um, what the thing is. If it's a pack of gum, usually they'll use their money and, and buy it. Right. Um, but I think just making it super simple and, and talking to them about it daily so that they reinforce those habits, they, they'll start to do make those kind of decisions on their own. And they already know when, when they hit us with a question about money, they know the question that's going to come back to them. <laughs> <laughs> and they've already kind of processed like how they're going to answer it. So uh, just getting them talking about it early and often is, is I think, um, a major key. Yeah. Yes. So I don't have any children, but that was pretty spot on Prentice. Um, In terms of, you know, my perspective is a little different being a new college grad. um, I would say one thing that really stuck out to me and how my parents talked to me about money was going into college. They were very adamant about me getting a credit card before I got, got into college. And at first, it was really scary to me. I didn't really understand why my parents wanted me to get to get a credit card. Um, And so I think that's the first step is making sure when you're introducing these subjects, you're making sure it's not something scary and something they should be afraid of. So when you're teeing up these topics, definitely telling them, this is the reason why I'm telling you this and this is what it's going to affect. So, you know, when I ask them, okay, why do I need a credit card? I'm, I'm only in college. I don't I'm not graduated yet. You know, that's when they let me know, well, you'll you'll need established credit when you're applying for your first apartment. Um, when you're applying to jobs, a lot of employers look at your credit score to see if you're a responsible spender, you know, getting loans approved hmm. in the future. So understanding that 
you know, young adults will see credit as a scary thing most of the time from what they've heard from media or social media or TV shows. With that. But hmm. I would say um, making sure you're not teeing it up as something that's super scary and telling them up front, like, this is why this is important to you, because this affects A, B and C. Well, and if I'm hearing you two and relating it to our own experience with our children, it's meeting them where they are. It's kind of maybe some of the very mm-hmm. first beginning points of, yeah, a, a recent college grad, especially from KU, there's smart people there, um, is is a different conversation about credit than, than Princess's seven-year-old, who are, we're, we're beginning to have conversations about the importance mm-hmm. of money and the significance of it, the reality that you actually need it to buy a thing, whether it's a pack of gum or a pair of Jordans or <laughs> somewhere in between. Um, and so can you help uh, elaborate maybe on the fact of even just walking into these conversations of meeting them where they are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just recently, um, both of my kids, they're like, hey, dad, I need you to sign this permission slip to go on this field trip. And it costs $20 to go on the field trip. And they instantly were like, do we have to use our money to go on the, <laughs> Great job, dad. On the field trip? And I said, absolutely not. Mm. I said, there's a difference between you understanding, you know, a need versus a want and my responsibility as a parent who wants to invest in your educational experiences, I'm always going to be in in helping you guys become better versions of yourselves. And so we get to talk about, okay, what is investing and what does that mean? Um, and it's all, I think it's all fluid. I think the conversations are, um, they're not always about save money, budget money, right? It's in the context of the way that we're living our lives and whatever's happening in their world, bringing you know, a little bit of insight or wisdom um, when they have those questions. Um, and you can, you know, reinforcing, you know, the, the behavior um, of saving because they're not budgeting, right? Like the <laughs> seven and nine-year-olds really don't budget, um, but they, they do understand the concept of saving more than they spend. Um, and so one hard rule that we have when we're talking about money, when they earn money, it's like, okay, you just got $20 from grandma. You have to have, you have to save 80% of that money. So 20% of $20, right? What's 10% of $20? Well, you know, that's $2. Well, then you get to spend $4. So I can spend $4 on anything that I want? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then it's like, well, why do I have to save um, the other money, the $16? It's like, well, you know, when, when it's time for us to go on a family vacation or when it's time for when Christmas time comes around or you know, when you want to buy those extra nice um, football cleats for flag football, you know, you know what my budget is. I'm spending 50 bucks. So if you want to spend more than 50 bucks, you're on you, the hook for the difference. On the, you're yeah. on the hook for the difference. Yeah. And so just explaining to them, you know, helping them understand like, you know, the, the long vision and why they're building these habits. Um, and it's, it's surprising to see a seven and a nine year old actually making like, mm-hmm. You know, spending decisions. But dad, everyone else in class gets X, Y, and Z for free. And they, their parents do all the things for them. Absolutely. And I said, that's great for them. Right. And I said, 20 years from now, let's look at their bank account mm-hmm. and let's look at your bank account and see, I can show you on this app, we've created custodial accounts for them. And so a piece, we put a piece of their money into these investment accounts. And it's like, see, this started out at $100, you know, four months ago. Now it's at $600 because you haven't spent it and you're allowing the market to work for you. They don't understand that part. For sure. 
Right. But they like seeing that account like tick up. And every time we, Don't we, all? Every time we <laughs> yeah. check it, right, it's always higher. And so it's kind of expanding their mind as to like what they're capable of doing um, and how their behavior is impacting their wealth. And so then that spins into a conversation about what is wealth. Mm-hmm. Well, wealth is money that's unspent that can be invested in over time. It grows on its mm-hmm. own. So now you're not working like your dad, mm-hmm. um, you know, nine to five, you know, five days a week to mm-hmm. make like your money's working for you. Mm-hmm. And look, 20 years from now, this $600 is projected to be $250,000. And what does that mean for like the Yeah, I'm good without the ice cream, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then sure. my son's like, Tesla. I'm like, yeah, you could, <laughs> you could get a Tesla That's if right. you wanted to. Kathleen, I'm curious on, on the heels of that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. How, how does that start to translate into yeah. the college age, the young adult, the young mm-hmm. professional? How does that mindset and that um, – if I can, like the normalization of money, like that kind of baseline of like, no, 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 we're going to talk about it when we're seven. How how does that translate into your stage of life? Yeah. Well, it, something that's, that was super interesting to me when I was doing these financial literacy efforts with Prentice and um, Anita, our chief innovation officer at KU, one thing that I really started to notice, and, you know, I kind of understood within my generation, this mindset as well, but it's, it's kind of upsetting to see like a lot of young adults when they don't know a whole lot about credit or investing or even just the basic budgeting and savings, they get really embarrassed that they don't know a lot about it. And I feel like that really turns people off to having these conversations with just like their friends and their peers when really we should be talking about money whenever we want to. And it shouldn't be this taboo topic. If you're sitting at a table with people and we're all talking about credit or whatnot, you can kind of tell that people get a little bit embarrassed if they mm. don't know a whole lot about it, but it's not something that you should be embarrassed about because mm. having financial peace of mind is, you know, power and it gives you the opportunity to have the independence that we all crave when we're in college. You know, we want to be on our own. So it's our first time away from our parents and we're so excited for this new chapter of our, in our life. And then all of a sudden this huge thing that drives that independence, which is money, if yeah. you know, you don't know a lot about it, you get super insecure. And I think having open conversations about it is the first step and it's super important to have mm-hmm. With your friends and your peers. We just brought our freshman in college home from her first year. And it's the perspective of sending a senior off and bringing a freshman in college home is wild, mostly in good ways, also in some weird ways. (laughs) Um, But she got home Saturday night. We're recording this on a Monday. On Monday morning, she's like, I'm ready to go to work. Like, I want to work. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) This wasn't the same kid we... Because she was like, she realized like, oh man, I went to the Jamba Juice line a lot at college or the Qdoba line and and I need to refill, I need to work because there's something different on the hook for her. And and I'm wondering as we transition into this chunk of the conversation around budgeting and saving, budget's not, like to your, to your point earlier, Kathleen, not like a super fun topic. Right. And like you sit around with your friends talking about budgeting all the time. Right. But in that constraint or that framework, or at least even in that understanding of where the money goes, whether you have a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or one buck, like where, where it goes and to give it a name and a place, how do you start to have conversations with members who have parents of young kids or members who are young adults and learning this stuff um, through experience? How do you start having conversations with them about budgeting and saving? Yeah, absolutely. So we, when we go to high schools and we work with high schoolers, 
um, we play a financial a financial education game mm-hmm. called Money 101. It's a trivia game. And when we start to when when we introduce the idea of why it's important to budget, why it's important to save. Um, the one main idea that we're trying to get across um, to students is understanding two words, and that's cash flow. So your daughter, when she came home, she understood that she needed more money coming in than going out to be able to do the things that she wanted to do You know, this summer. She probably has a goal, right? She may want to go on a trip, or she may be saving up for like spring break next year. And she understands that, like, in order to get to that place, she's going to have to make more than she spends. Um, and so when students ask us, well, how do we start budgeting, Mr. Earl? And I said, well, it doesn't matter if someone gives you money or if you have a job. You can use a simple formula, 50, 30, 20. And if that's too complicated, if 50, 30, 20 is too complicated, um, just save, like, work on saving $5 a paycheck. Like, do not spend five dollars from your paycheck every time you get paid do not blow the whole thing okay (laughs) let's just start with that let's start Mm -hmm. with because we all know that like bad things happen in life Mm -hmm. you need some type of savings an emergency fund to be able to take care of those things um and so everybody's going to be different based on their work ethic the things they're interested in the school activities they have um but anytime you get a little extra money just make it super simple, a dollar, 50 cents, anything, just to start building that habit. Um, when students have jobs, they're like, well, I make money. I just don't know how to manage it. Okay, cool. So 50, 30, 20 is a great way for you to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like, take Which fi- is what? What's 50, 30, 20? 50, 30, 20. Take 50% of your paycheck. Do not touch it. It's for your needs. That's mm-hmm. right. It's for your needs. Um, you're going to spend 30% of your money on the things you like to do. So going on dates, going to the movies, you know, going out to eat. That money is for that. And then 20% is for savings. savings right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, that if they have that mm-hmm. kind of framework, now they have three different buckets where their money can it's go. Good. It's named. Um, and if that's too complicated, again, like just pick a number <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. start saving that money. Yeah. Yeah. And going into that 50, 30, 20 rule, I love that. That's kind of what I was going to talk about as well. But an actual an actual step you can do with that is I noticed when I first started, you know, in high school when I was got my first paycheck, I had my, my first job. You could say I was a hostess at a Mexican restaurant. It was super fun. <laughs> um, but first thing I started noticing, I was like, OK, I'm making money. But like, where is it all going? Like I was not understanding where it was going. I knew I was spending it. Mm. I just couldn't fathom that what I was spending it on actually cost it that much so i was like okay life's expensive or what i at least what i like to do is expensive which most of the time it was just eating out with my friends food is expensive and so i think one of the things i love telling my friends today was i set up my savings account you know with my paycheck i have a certain percentage of my every paycheck go into that account and so for me you're being in control of your money and you're in control of where it's going and so that's really important for me to have that peace of mind and know like okay I might be having a rough month, like hmm. spending a lot of money on things or, you know, a lot of bills are coming in, whatever. But at least I, I know I have this percent going into a separate account that I can fall back on in case of an emergency or in case I need it for something that I, you know, really need. Um, but it's it's something that it's automatic. You don't have to think about it. And a lot of the times when it's gone, I don't even realize it's gone because it's it's a certain amount every time. So I'm not missing it. I love that because I think it, the human, the weird human part of us 
that is tricky is no matter the piece that comes in, we're prone to spend all of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that those goalposts keep moving. The benchmark keeps moving. The, the ball keeps moving down the field. We're like, oh, where did it all go? Absolutely. And so I love your concept, <clears throat> excuse me, even as a, a young adult early early in your career, having the the rigor and the autom- automated piece of, mm-hmm. no, the savings, it's a predetermined percentage or number, whatever it is for you personally. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes away. And you don't pay yeah. attention to it. And like like right. Prentice's uh, children, over time, that thing all of a sudden becomes a really motivating factor. Like, oh, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a real number. I that's a real. About that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, your your mindset and behaviors didn't practically change a ton, but you were disciplined in it, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think you know it's hard. You know, I came from a family where my mother was like, you know, and I love you, mom, but <laughs> she lived in the moment. Mm. Right. And so we picked up those kind of habits like, well, we have it. We want to experience this thing. And so we just made the decision to do it Mm -hmm. because that was the behavior that was modeled to us. And so we thought that that was the correct thing to do with our money. Instant gratification. Until something happened Mm -hmm. where we needed money and we didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got married and like Mm -hmm. we got a financial advisor and Mm -hmm. he started walking us through like just these basic things of like don't spend more than you make. And. Here's a budget. This is what you've spent over the last six mm-hmm. months. And here's where you can cut some of your outgo to start building up an emergency mm-hmm. fund. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, man, like the the first time I, I didn't have $10,000 in my bank account until my mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I just never had developed those habits. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that money in there, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like we're okay. We're going to be okay. And, and it, and it wasn't that like, it was, it wasn't the money that got us excited. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that we had a certain discipline and a process and people that were helping us get to a certain Mm -hmm. place where we were finding, where we had financial peace of mind. And so for different families, talking about money is a challenge. Like it's, it's hard. Um, and it's hard for me to say these things right now, but I think, um, people should understand that, like it's it does like you're never too old to start like good money habits, mm-hmm. and you don't have to start with outlandish goals because if you do, more than likely you're gonna fall off the fall off the wagon mm-hmm. and revert to past behaviors that aren't helping you meet your financial goals. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like again, just keep it super simple, and just work on if people just like again five dollars, ten dollars, whatever mm-hmm. it is. To start flexing that muscle, and before you know it, when you see your bank account fatter mm. than it's ever been, <laughs> you you start to believe like, okay, my life can be different. Well, and I think what's beautiful about what you're saying is, <clears throat> at seven, five dollars, a lot easier concept to learn than at forty, fifty, sixty. <laughs> like, like as responsibilities and bills and and all the other stuff piles up, these these early childhood education pieces are so critical for the the future um, of all of us. Um, Kathleen, I'm, I'm interested, you mentioned earlier credit card and your, mm-hmm. your parents getting you one or encouraging you to get one in college. Yes. Um, how do you all, and, and it can be a personal story or, or just generally about conversations with members, how do you start to introduce the concept of a credit card and why it's important towards the road towards financial peace of mind? Yeah, for sure. Well, kind of like how I mentioned earlier, I think with a credit card especially, it's really important to explain to young adults like why this is so important. You know, why is this number a driving factor in a lot of areas of your adulthood Mm -hmm. that you maybe you haven't 
experienced yet, but you will in the next few years. My parents, when they told me to get a credit card, I asked them why. They explained to me, you know, well, you'll need it to, you know, get approved for your first apartment. Um, You know, employers look at this to make sure you're a responsible spender. Um, And then also just getting approved for loans in the future. It's super important. Um, And so one of the main things that I like to tell people and how I set up my credit card is I actually... Um, put all of my subscriptions onto my credit card. So like my Netflix and Hulu subscriptions. um, And I would just put on an automatic payment from my, you know, my debit card to pay it off every month um, so that I don't really have to think about it. But, you know, it was a balance that was there, but it wasn't high and I was never, you know, going over my limit. Um, And so, you know, that really kind of got the ball rolling in terms of actually starting out, you know, building my credit score. What are the, that's so helpful, what are the common either concerns or red flags, like as you're coaching and teaching a younger generation about credit card, what are all, what's the other side of that coin to help it's them not free money. be aware of? Yeah, yeah that's right. The, not that, free that's, money. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like yeah. some people don't understand the terms and conditions of that credit card mm-hmm. um, and they do think it's free money. And they don't understand the concept of um, interest, compound interest, mm-hmm. right? So that credit card that you have a $1,000 limit with, it may be 20% APY, but the way credit cards, <laughs> the way that they work is- They have that, nice offices that, for a reason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, <laughs> yeah. that 20% is compounding daily, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it really hits hard um, if you're not paying the full balance off at the end of the month. And so mm-hmm. being able to like, bring up scenarios of, of why um, a student would want a credit card. Like Kathleen said, you know, it's hard to be fully independent. Like these students are transitioning from mm-hmm. high school and possibly into college or their first career track. Um, and they're going to need access to, you know, apartments. They're going to need utilities to run those, mm-hmm. you know, lights, water, gas, all, you know, utilities will not give you access to those things if you don't have a credit history. And if you don't have credit history, they may require you to put down, you know, a 300, a 500, whatever deposit to gain access to those things. Or they may require you to have um, a cosigner. And not everybody has access to people who have good credit that can be a cosigner. And so I love Kathleen's example of, you know, if you're already spending money on streaming services or, you know, Spotify, Hulu, Mm -hmm. Disney Plus, Netflix, whatever it is, then it's coming straight out of your account. It would be wise to just to transition those monthly reoccurring charges that, you know, five, ten bucks. And when they hit paying them off um, in full, because they're that then is going to be recorded or reported to the credit bureaus. Mm -hmm. Right. And. If you do that for one year, like you will have a 700 plus credit score mm-hmm. and you'll get access to everything you need to be a full fledged adult. Like we all had a desire to be, but mm-hmm. maybe we just didn't have the right advice or tools mm-hmm. or resources to help us navigate those things seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely didn't navigate those waters well. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the opportunity in front of us is like the pain that you and I mm. felt. We can help we can help people mm. avoid those things just with like simple simple tips like mm. you mm-hmm. know put your streaming services on a credit card like a starter card mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's friendly to young adults. And the terms are great. If you work with a credit union, they are very friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you run into a situation where you need to make a phone call um, Mm -hmm. because you don't have the resources to pay that balance, 
like we have people that will help you work through that. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, the uh, the I love when you talked about wisdom. Like the the compounding interest is not wise on the interest side, mm-hmm. but it is really wise on the investing side. Right. And I think it transitions us into our last big topic here of, again, lots of complexity between a four-year-old and a college grad with an MBA or whatever. But when you're when we're talking about teaching the next generation about money and the concept of investing arises, how do you talk about that? I get super excited about this topic. I'm f- surprised, man. I'm really surprised by that. <laughs> I get super excited, and students get really excited about of it. Of course because, they do. Because they are like, Mr. Earl, we don't want to hear about budgeting and saving. We want to know how to make that money mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. on the investing side. And my my rebuttal to that is like, guys, like, I think it's great that you want to learn about investing, but if you don't have money to invest with, how are you going to play this game? right? If you spend everything that comes in, you'll never be able to play that game. Um, and so once they're, they're like, oh, okay, okay, great, great, great. But now where do we start, right? And there are a lot of different um, tools uh, and resources, platforms that students mm-hmm. can use to start building wealth. Uh, and my biggest message to them is to start as early as possible and leverage compound interest um, for them, right? And mm-hmm. the earlier they start, the more potential they can make over time, right? And so um, – one thing I've shared with my seven and nine year old on the investing mm-hmm. side is like, they're like, dad, what's your dream? And I say, can well, you parent my kids too? Please? And I say, and I say, <laughs> I say, yeah, man, I say my dream, my dream is to be able to invest and work in companies that you guys own and operate. Mm-hmm. And so the only way that we'll be able to do that is by, le- by investing in each other, mm-hmm. investing in your education, you investing your money, me investing my money, and then getting to a place where 20 years from now, we have the resources that we need to build the life that we want. And I want to build that mm. life with you. I don't want to be separated from that. And mm. so cool. pe- people don't realize like how much influence they have um, in creating their child's dream of like what their life could be. And I'm constantly challenging my kids with like, like think big, mm-hmm. like think about, think about what's possible. And so um, the biggest key for that though, is just, you know, starting as early as possible. Time is time is your biggest asset. Hmm. Um, don't wait to get started, right? Like hmm. my kids have investment accounts now um, through me, and I constantly show them every week. Like this is what it's making. 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 Um, and I think over time it'll become more sophisticated, um, but it definitely is teaching them like how we value money and why. It's like, we don't like money just because we want to be greedy or like, it's not a bad thing. It's just fuel for like what's possible in your life. Hmm. And if you have like goals of like traveling the world or being a missionary or, you know, whatever, starting an NGO or whatever, like you need money to be able to do those things. Um, And I tell them all the time, I just want to be able to jump on a plane and be there. Like, I don't want it to, I don't want money to be the barrier between my experience and, and them um, now or later on in life. Hmm. And so they, like, they're starting to connect to these concepts and these ideas. Um, but you have to be intentional about That's talking right. about it. You like, you got to seed it, right? That's like, right. you just got to keep seeding, like, it in different ways um, and just making it accessible these concepts accessible to them. Like, they understand the concept of investing in their classmates. So it's like if you if you want your class to operate a certain way, if you want to have a certain experience, instead of making fun of a kid 
because they're having a, a, a challenge with something. Why don't you invest your time if you understand how that thing works? And now that person is going to be an ally for you. They're going to be a resource mm -hmm. for you. You can be a resource for them and you guys can grow together and help other people grow. So it's not just money, right? Like we can invest like different things of ourselves at different points in times based on the experience we want to have. Um, in this context, we're talking mm -hmm. about money, but they understand the concept of like investing in their classmates. Um, That's cool. So like, yeah. So you can get create get creative with mm -hmm. it. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, challenge them to do the thing in a different kind of way, um, and let them see the and let them experience the yield right of that. It's uh, it's it's beautiful, and I think it's worth highlighting. You know, you've you've used a lot of phrases about decades and growth and twenty years and these different kind of time horizon pieces, which is anti everything that we're thrown at right like amazon you hit the couple buttons and it's at your porch in two days and we're mad if it's late <laughs> right and so everything you kathleen i loved your phrase of instant gratification these mm -hmm. concepts are countercultural to that right but but are actually the the ones to set up the true financial piece not the well it felt really good in the moment to mm -hmm. add a bunch of stuff to the card or increase the thing right. um and and so i think you know as you're you're in a different stage of your career how does that tension kind of pull against the reality of like well hey everybody's going out to eat again mm -hmm. tonight <laughs> yeah like how do you kind of balance or juggle that um for you yeah for sure well anytime anything about invest investing comes up in my life i always just have to remind myself like i'm this is for my future self like my future self will always thank me and i will be very grateful in the future for this decision that i'm making now and it's really hard, like you said, in a world that we're living with instant gratification with social media, Amazon, it's it's really tough. And, you know, one of the main things that I, I did want to touch on during this podcast was um, the concept of like afterpay and all of those services. You know, it's really mm. it's really easy to want to when I click the or, you know, pay now, pay, pay in full or pay the four installments of this and then in small text with the interest of. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's in. Yeah. You don't really realize how much that can kind of rack up. And like in the in the moment, you're like, oh, this is so smart. And mm. then, you know, future you mm. is hitting your head. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Mm. And then in the moment, whenever I'm asking myself, like, is this worth it? I mean, this kind of goes back to budgeting and, and saving, but it's also investing. I mean, I always have to ask myself, like, before I buy anything, like, how is this worth it to me? Like, is this a need? Or, I mean, if it is a want, is this something I really want? And mm. giving myself, like, a night to think about it. Like, I like to sleep on Smart. my purchasing decisions. Um, because, I mean, if I'm laying on bed and I'm on TikTok and I see an ad for something, yeah, I mean, I would buy it in a heartbeat because I, I love it in that moment. <laughs> would feel amazing. Right. And I, I actually sure. have this saying that I say with my sister whenever we're, like, sad or upset. We're like, oh, I need to do it. I need a serotonin swipe. Like, I need mm. to, like, swipe my credit card and feel an instant feeling mm. of happiness or whatever and mm. I'm always like no because I will be mad at myself in the future if mm. I do that and so that's something that I me and Prentice like to bring up in these financial literacy events with some high schoolers is how you know that serotonin swipe it might feel good in the moment but in the future your future self won't be too happy yeah and it's so short-lived it right. feels <laughs> amazing in that moment but it does. It hangs with you. Like it does. It, it, I mean, again, it, in my early career, I was not that. I was the like, cool, let's make as much and spend as much. And like, <laughs> let's just keep chasing the thing. And and those taxes all come due. Mm -hmm. And most of the time they have an interest rate attached to them. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. that that feeling isn't as fun. And and so I think what, what you guys have helped members understand today is this um, really 
beautiful harmony of, hey, yeah, you bet. You can have some enjoyment. You, nobody ever said in this conversation, don't enjoy your life today. Mm-hmm. But you did You did paint this really pretty picture of, hey, kids can think about the future and think about their future selves and what, what it will take to um, be at peace then, not in stress. So. Wow, we covered a lot of ground. I'm grateful for, um, I feel like I could keep asking you guys lots of questions, but we we should probably go. Um, For the members listening, summarize a couple key takeaways. Maybe if each each of you could think of a couple, that'd be really awesome. Um, Just just send our members on their way with. Um, Princess, would you mind starting us out? Absolutely. So I think uh, one, one key takeaway is to start conversations, money conversations with your kids Hmm. as early as possible. And, and make the budgeting, you know, journey something that's just digestible. It's simple. Mm. Start with $5. Um, you know, start with a dollar. Don't make it complicated. Just help them start to get the reps that they need in order to build this habit of saving money. Just like if they, if you wanted them to be a great basketball player, there's no way they're going to be great if they don't practice it. And so this is no different. Mm. I love that. Kathleen? Yeah, I would say one of my key takeaways would be um, making sure that um, you're telling your kids, understanding the why behind what you're telling them. So Mm. I think a lot of times in school, especially kids always ask, why do I need to know this? Why do I need to know this? Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you'll figure out when you're older. No, but, you know, this is definitely a topic that, you know, you do kind of need to explain to them. This is why I'm Mm. telling you this. This is what it affects. And, you know you'll be seeing this sooner rather than later. So That's great. That's super helpful. Prentice, you have one more for us? Absolutely. So on the investing side, I would say, you know, try to talk to your kids about just starting as early as possible and helping and help them cast a vision for the type of life that they want to live mm. 10, 20, 30 years from now. You know, the last thing that I want to experience uh, 20, 30 years from now is not having the resources I need to help my children with whatever, or for them not to be able to go after, you know, starting a business or um, launching a joint venture because they don't have the resources that they need. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice that we can make today. We have control over that. And so, you know, maybe do some vision casting, Mm -hmm. you know, practice with them, you know, talk to them about how to set goals. Um, But yeah, just start. And again, on, on the investing side, start as simple as like, start small and you don't have, you don't need a thousand dollars. You don't need $5,000 to start these kind of, this kind of, um, activity. You can start with change, you know, um, and don't be afraid of it. I love that. Kathleen, you have one more for us? Last one. Last one. Cool. I would say, um, knowing that, you know, everything that we've kind of talked about today all touches on, um, Understanding that your future self will thank you for what you're doing now. So like many of the tips we've talked about, the 50-30-20 rule, the, you know, making a certain percent of your paycheck go into a savings account. No one wants to do that kind of stuff. No one wants to see their Mm. paycheck number go down and say, oh, I could have had more if I didn't put that percent into my savings. But understanding that it's not you you right now that's going to reap the benefits. It's you in the future. So you have that to look forward to. Amazing. Prentice, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was really uh, an honor to have you on the show. Kathleen, same to you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and experience. Um, For members with questions, which I'm sure they have some, which is awesome, where would would you recommend they go? Well, you could visit communityamerica.com or pop into one of our branches. And our 
financial relationship specialist would be happy to help. I love it. Hopefully you guys will both be back on the community conversation. And to all of our members, thanks for listening to another uh, episode. We're grateful to have your attention. It's not something we take for granted, and we're really grateful to have you with us. So thanks for listening to the community conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.